Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. And you have found us. You found the Holderness Family Podcast. Thank you. Wow, that was, I love That's it. What I you love, get. I love the energy. Two cups of coffee. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, you may know us from our very silly videos that your Aunt Linda shared with you on Facebook. But this is our podcast. And yeah. it's it's kind of our favorite thing. We love it. It's a chance to kind of spend a little bit of time together, just me and you. A lot of you have been finding us on places like iTunes and the podcast store. Some of you may be finding us now on Facebook. That's a new thing that they're doing. And if you are coming here from Facebook, welcome. This is not a Christmas jammies video. This is a, a fun look into our lives. And today... Well, hold on. Let me read you a recent review of the podcast. So if you've subscribed, you could leave a review. But listen to this recent review. I have just discovered this awesome, outstanding podcast from a total stranger when I was at an eye doctor appointment. I love how comical and down to earth it is. I will be sharing it with my friends and family. First of all, people at eye doctor's appointments are totally our demo. You're our people because we have very bad vision. Um, and thank you for leaving a review. And also, did that? How did that come up? I want to know how that came up in an eye doctor. I don't know. I'm they here. They were for probably it. watching one of our cringy videos, and, and then like, oh, they, have they said, podcast. "Oh, do you know they have a podcast?" Well, anyway, that's my guess. I love the review, and thank you. So today, sorry, go ahead. That's I, okay. I, I cut you off. That was a non-kinetic interruption, but an important one. But I was pointing to the screen. I didn't. Yeah. While I was in the middle of a sentence. I know. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but so we're learning about if you want to look up the non-kinetic interruption podcast it's with dan sip it's a lot of fun it's yeah. from like several years ago so today we're talking about middle school mm-hmm. and uh we're, t- we're gonna have michelle eichert on here she's a rock star she's got a book out we're gonna talk about she's on the today show and it one thing that really jumped out here is that it's not just for parents of middle schoolers it's it's just really about change and how to deal with it when 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 you're dealing with a kid who's going through change i have a story about middle school that will never leave me okay that is the it's really the epitome of what it was like for me it was an awkward time i was a late bloomer i didn't go through puberty till i was 37 or like way way older right so i called kmart because my mom told me to call kmart to try to get some shoes she's like call kmart 
and you go pick it up. I don't have time for this. So I called Kmart and I was like, hey, uh, just wondering if you guys have any size eight shoes. They're like, oh, sure. Yeah, we got these shoes. I'll leave them at the front desk for you. So I get to Kmart and I look for the size eight shoes and the lady who answered the call says as loud as she can, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were a girl. Like really, really loud because my voice hadn't changed. And I was at this point in eighth grade and I still sounded like that. And she handed me this pair of girl's shoes and I will never forget that because my development was different from everybody else's. And it, I think it affected who I became as a person and a lot of things that I had to do to compensate like humor mm-hmm. and trying to be creative because I just, everyone was joining this club and because I skipped a grade uh, and because physiologically I was a late bloomer, I was like so far behind. That is, that's my one memory from middle school that I'll never take away. And I bet I'm not alone that everyone has like an awkward, awful nightmare middle school story, right? Well, I had a perm and braces. I was so super yeah, awkward. I had braces too. But I, I do remember, so my story is a little bit different in that I think girls like mature faster. So I was like taller than the boys, which is funny because I stopped growing in the seventh grade. But I do remember within the first week of middle school, so all of my friends from elementary school, and we were elementary school friends, and elementary school is very innocent and you're very protected. We were playing like kickball at PE mm-hmm. and those same friends who had been in, you know I'd been with since kindergarten tried to like jump over the fence to skip school at PE and I was like oh wait like you're doing what you're doing there's like this group of, group of three girls and I was like and they were my friends I was like what are you what are you doing and they're like let's try it let's try it and they were like pushing this boundary and I remember I'm like wow this is I this is the fork in the road like I need to make a decision right now and then I was like oh I I guess I need new friends I can't do that because I'm such a rule follower like I never would have but I also know that if you know I know middle school is filled with hormones and your body is changing your brain is changing so it's a big time and yeah so we have an expert to talk about that her name is Michelle Eichert as we said and she has a very impressive resume. She's a speaker, an author, an educator who helps kids, parents, and teachers navigate the complicated social world of middle schoolers. Her new book, 14 Talks by Age 14, guides readers through 14 essential conversations parents need to have with their kids before they start high school. Her first book, Middle School Makeover, Improving the Way You and Your Child Experience Middle School Years, is a primer for the social and emotional changes parents and kids navigate when midlife meets middle school under one roof welcome michelle we're so happy to have you on our show hi thank you for having me i am excited to be here um you are excited about talking about middle schoolers right and so you're talking to two people who had awkward middle school experiences and it's i mean it's a a national pastime is showing your middle school photos and you can even tell without even seeing anything but a picture that middle school wasn't really the glam time for most of us right it wasn't our favorite years i mean we tried our best didn't (laughs) we i made great effort to look cool and i failed terribly i just was kind of missing every cue out there so i'm part of the same club i was really awkward and miserable back then and so i i although i i joke with my daughter who's 14 that like there's no awkward years anymore which is so unfair because they have youtube and everything middle school is a very awkward time socially hormonally everything why did you want to work with and specialize why with this michelle group why in 
Yes. Why? Yeah. I'm a masochist. No, I, uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to do this initially because I was talking with other women. Initially, my, my work's focused around girls, and now it's broadened to boys and teachers and parents, anybody in that field. Um, but I was talking to other women who were saying, gosh, didn't you hate middle school? Wasn't it the worst? I wish we could tell girls sort of an it gets better message because it's so hard at that age. So um, I think it's driven out of empathy and now a lot of humor. And I also am so intrigued by the fact that this is an age when kids undergo probably the most changes and the most broad changes of their life. And I find that scientifically and socially fascinating. I find it fascinating that Listen, when they were infants or when they were toddlers, they would double in weight and size. And so in a year, it was physically very dramatic what was happening to their bodies. I think those same sort of changes are happening to their brains and on the insides. You just don't see it the same way that we did when they were toddlers, but they are making those changes. I think that is critical to point out because a lot of times parents are exasperated by their middle schoolers. And I think it's for that reason. They don't realize all of the changes that are happening and all of the hard work that kids are putting into just growing up. And it's hard to see. I call this phase the middle school construction project because they're building three things they need to become an adult, an adult body, an adult brain, and an adult identity. And that's hard work. It's exhausting. And it makes them grumpy. <laughs> so let me get, let me give you my experience. And I would love to know, because that's a great metaphor, calling it the middle school construction project. So my mind was pretty good, right? Um, but I was such a freaking late bloomer. I, for, I skipped first grade. So I was already like a year younger than most of my friends. And so I, my, uh, my construction project had massive delays on the adult body. <laughs> way over budget, on the, way yeah, delayed. Uh, just like just couldn't get the materials. The supplies weren't showing up. <laughs> it was awful. And so everyone I knew went through puberty like years before I did. Cause on top of the fact that I was younger, I just found out like we're a late bloomer family. So, but I feel like that physical part actually affected everything else. It affected my emotions. It affected my mindset. Cause there was this club that everybody was joining and I was like, Hey guys, look at me. I don't have any hair anywhere. And, um, <laughs> sorry, was that too specific for you? Too specific. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm just giving you that part of my story because I'm sure that that's a you big know, part of it, right? It's That's very astute because what happens is when you are going through the construction project, you have no way of knowing whether your project is progressing normally other than to look around. So when you're a kid who's a late bloomer and you're looking around the halls of the middle school and you're like, uh-oh, everybody else is tall or everybody else is getting a deep voice or, you know, why are those girls wearing bras and I'm not, or, you know, whatever it is. You're, you're also at the same time asking, how come those people want to date and I still want to play with dolls or, you know, all of the questions about your development. Right. Well, I wanted to date. What's that? <laughs> I wanted to date. I was just kind of busy with my no puberty and my synthesizers and my show choir. I get it. I wanted to date too and it wasn't happening. Yeah. But the point is you, you, you become... Um, middle schoolers get a bad rap for being judgmental of each other, but it's really just them assessing, am I normal or yeah. not? And that's a great fear that they have. Our son is starting middle school this week. <laughs> He's starting sixth grade this week. What advice do you have for this group of kids? For the kids themselves. So yes. what I tell kids when they're going into middle school and 
boy, this advice is a little bit out of date, given that they may be in masks, um, but smile. So whatever the equivalent of that is, if you're wearing a mask at school, mm-hmm. um, it's to go in and um, I, I say belly up to the buffet. So essentially, mm. you may be a kid who's always had chicken tenders and butter noodles your whole life, and that's fine. But you're getting to an age where you're going to start to figure out who you are apart from your parents. What's your identity? What kind of person are you? And you can't figure that out unless you taste a lot of things at the buffet. So like say hi to kids you wouldn't normally say hi to. Join a club you wouldn't consider joining. Um, Try out for a play. Do something, you know, just listen to some new music that you haven't heard before. Go to the buffet and taste a bunch of things and figure out who you are. That is brilliant advice. I love it. I can picture saying this to my son and have him rolling his eyes and then he just loads up his plate with buttered noodles. (laughs) So how much of this as a parent should I be not forcing? It's not the right word, but how much should I be like, hey, okay, you're going to go to drama club or what whatever the club is that he wouldn't normally join. How much should I be kind of forcing that and how much should I just let him do on his own? Very little forcing, which I hope comes as a relief to you. You don't have to work very hard right now. Your kid is going to be working really hard. And the thing is that they're going to be taking a lot of risks that you never know and never see. And I'm not talking about bad, scary risks. I'm talking about what feels like a risk to one kid may not feel like a risk to another. It's a very personal thing. So bellying up to the buffet and trying something new might be asking an intimidating kid to borrow a pencil you know yeah. <laughs> it might it, it could be very incremental steps towards figuring out who they are but you don't need to do the work how much has covid stymied this buffet oh um so i think that it has stymied it to the extent that well it's changed it i wouldn't say stymied yeah um, life goes on, kids still develop, they still go through all of the pretty necessary changes of growing up. Um, they're going to be doing it in a different environment in a different way. In part, that's online. Yeah. And in part, what I've loved is seeing it happen in terms of um, getting bored and getting creative at home or going outside, which a lot of kids weren't doing before. Yeah, that sounds that sounds awesome in practice. And we, we have, I mean, as far as the forcing is concerned, our biggest forcing effort has been to get him off of screens there there was a screen addiction that happened to like his age he's 11 right so when he was nine or ten i think 10 that's when that's when COVID hit and all of a sudden these kids who have these incredibly impressionable brains and also have like a little bit of an affinity for video games all their classes go to screens Mm-hmm. And he just he just got hooked on staring at the screen. His face was like this far away from the screen. There's nothing we could do because we're working. I'm, I'm sure other parents have dealt well, with this, right? And also, they're only we were very everybody you know around here was at least very observant of the restrictions. Yeah. So their their playtime was FaceTiming while playing video games like they would facetime each other while playing video games or video chat or whatever so it was like screen 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 he my son is even aware like this becomes a problem like so um yeah so in in practice having them outside more do all that stuff we we failed that miserably and we're trying to dig out of that everybody failed that's it. Every, and it's not a fail. It's not that you failed. It's that the system was really rigged against us. We're doing the best we could. What could we do? We yeah. did the best we could. Yeah. I mean, we, we both, yeah, we both worked. So I was very envious of the families that could go on bike rides all day or whatever it was. But I was like, dude, you, 
you're it. So yeah. So go I guess, for it. Sorry. I, guess, I guess the reason I'm asking that question is there. When we're talking about the buffet, there has to be a huge difference in development and in social development and in getting your brain trained the right way between doing that on a screen and doing it in person, right? I think um, the screen was our best option, but yeah. yes, I would say ideally you want to have a balance. And I'm always talking about balance when I talk to families. I never say to families or to kids, I think this amount of screen time is the right amount of time. What I say instead is come up with a family, uh, come up as a family with a list of things that you think represent a balanced life. So some movement, some good conversation, some hobbies, what all that stuff, homework, Mm -hmm. uh, and play and then when you have checked the boxes on those other things screen time to your heart's delight you know <laughs> as long as you've done the other stuff you've got some balance there that doesn't bother me but to your point we were in a really tough situation kids needed to socialize that was the only way they could do it I'm hoping that that's going to come to an end very quickly. Yeah, uh, we are too. I mean, it, cha it, it changed his personality, I have to mm -hmm. say. Um, so that's where, so that's another question of mine. I do see that our son who who pre-pandemic was this go up to talk to anybody very, he's his dad, Justin, like little mini me, just very extroverted guy who became more introverted. Um, and so how much should I be, in your in your opinion, kind of forcing him back into you know he's starting school like should i be like connecting with other moms to do little outdoor play dates like should i be orchestrating this stuff for yeah. him to kind of force I, it i feel like if you do that you need to be kind of the wizard behind the curtain and not do it openly you have to like do it behind his back but is that clandestine well like, let's let michelle answer okay, what should sorry. i be doing so um similar to what i said before less is going to become better at this age and stage and i have no doubt that the pandemic really did impact kids and their personalities and um, made some kids more introverted th than they were before i also think since i've been working with middle schoolers now for 16 years i have heard the same thing from parents every time their kids starts middle school, they'll be like, man, my kid's personality just really changed. So it may be yeah. in part pandemic. Okay. It may be in part just developmentally. Okay. It's kind of where he is and that's okay. Um, so it, I wouldn't say it's a big red flag. Uh, in terms of what you can do to kind of like push him a little bit, mm -hmm. um, it's gotta be, as Penn said, it's gotta be real subtle. So typically the things that work are making a lot of offers, offering to host, offering to drive places and drop off, um, offering to buy really disgusting junk food so that when kids come over, they love what's at your house. Like yeah. ma making things as enticing as possible, but really listening to your kid and picking up on their clues. And and if they're like, nah, I'm really happy with one friend who I see every two weeks, then, then that's then the that's volume they're at right now, and that's okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to bring up something. Uh, just an observation of uh, Kim has asked a couple of questions and they've both been centered around like, what can I do? What should I do? And I think that this is an emotion that a lot of dads, but maybe particularly moms are having across the country and globe right now because, and it's, I, I feel like this should be a compliment to you, Kim, because you do care and you do love him and you do want him to succeed so much. Mm -hmm. But it is hard for you a little bit to, to, to hear that you've got to let it go and to like let this happen. And I don't think you're alone in, in feeling that it's going to be difficult. Yeah, I think um, my if, if if I were just to do a 14 year, my daughter's 14, like a 14 year job review as a parent, I think that my 
biggest, the thing I would need to work on if I had a boss is like I have definitely over-parented in terms that I've just wanted to make my kids' lives easier. And by the way, my parents were amazing and they they loved me so much but they worked full-time jobs so i had to navigate like oh i need to get a right if i want to dance i need to figure out a right to dance class i need to figure out a right like i did figure out a a lot of stuff on my own and guess what like it made me a great adult and and they were there like my parents definitely were very supportive and helped i don't want to but i'm like oh i'll i'll do this for you i'll do this for you i'll pack every lunch for you i'll do all this stuff for you whereas that's because because I felt like oh when I just remember as a teenager like oh this would have made my life easier if I had some help yeah. there but but now I'm like oh crap our kids may be incapable I'm guilty too I did this this morning so I drop my son off at this like early drop off because I take my daughter to school she's got to be there by eight his carpool stops at eight thirty they have like a place they can go just to hang out until eight thirty so I get him there at eight ten so it's twenty minutes and I call Kim I'm like yeah the, like the preschool thing was just sort of him staring at a wall I don't know if like and then I'm thinking to myself dude it's what twenty are you minutes doing? I used to sit in my mom's turned off unair conditioned car in the summer while she went into the museum to do work for an hour and i was sitting in there like a suffocating dog every single day i think so we ask this question all the time are we coddling our kids so okay it's a great question here's how i describe this phase of parenting there's a big shift in how we do it and and what i say is that for a long time you were the manager in fact you may have been a micromanager many of us were president business yeah okay (laughs) at this ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. Opening up to a therapist might feel uncomfortable, cathartic, exhausting, or even exhilarating. But one thing's for certain, if you keep talking or texting with a licensed therapist, you will gain insights and uncover truths that you can only find in therapy. Get those personal breakthroughs and judgment-free support by signing up for Talkspace. At Talkspace.com, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours. There's no need to commute to appointments, miss time at work, or line up childcare in order to attend sessions. It's mental health care made easy. Talkspace is also affordable and in-network with most major insurers. To celebrate May, Mental Health Awareness Month, and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering every listener of this podcast $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness to get $80 off your first month with code SPACE80 and to show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash Holderness with code SPACE80.
point, your job is to take a step back and become the assistant manager. And the reason for that is your kid now at around age 11 is entering adolescence and they have from now until you know the early 20s to figure out how to do all of this stuff by themselves and this is a phase of trial and error and error and error and they have to have the opportunity to earn the wisdom that we had right mm -hmm. so if we do everything for them then they don't get that opportunity they don't get to practice they're practicing kind of later and further behind their peers as an assistant manager, what I want you to do is think about the very worst manager you ever had at a job. <laughs> think about that person right now. Got it. And what they did that made them a terrible manager. Uh, they sexually. I was like, oh, it, it was like a sexual <laughs> harassment <laughs> thing. So maybe not uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not that then. <laughs> so I just wanted to see what her reaction the was. Second worst. Michelle manager. handled that really well, by the, the way. Second worst manager, <laughs> not the non-sexual harassment one. Yeah, Got okay, it. Go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're, we're going to assume that's not it. But, yeah. <laughs> so things like, were they overly they, emotional? Yeah, Did no. they not let you take credit for things you needed to do? If you if you did something wrong, did they let you solve it? Did they embarrass you? You know, all that stuff. If you think about the worst boss in those terms, and then you flip that script, you have a great job description for being an assistant manager. You want to give your kids the opportunity to be proud of themselves and do things for themselves. Having said that, I am really not opposed to being nice for the sake of being nice. I also would drop my kids lunch off when they forgot it. Yeah. I thought that happens to me a lot. A lot. Be nice to yeah. me. Yeah. You know, you know we are nothing wrong with that. We are definitely like, let me drive something to you. Cause I just, I felt like I heard that, that if your kid lose or leaves their lunch or leaves their backpack, you you shouldn't bring it to him. Listen, I get it. If you work across town, you got a meeting, d dude. Your 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 backpack's here for the day. Sorry, but if I can, I'm like God. How many times have I forgotten something? They were running out the door. They're doing homework late at night. Yeah. Like let's show them some grace. So we are we are drive the backpack to school people. And I will tell you that my kids now. I started doing this work when they were two and four. They are now 19 and 21. They do really nice things for me. I think that they learned, you know, because I was very nice to them how to be that kind of person so they offer me a great deal of support and help now at their age and i think you know it sort of pays back i i hope so this is all going to come down to us just towing the line between correcting the mistakes that our parents made and not over correcting them to the point that they can't learn anything you know what I mean? That's right. And and also no one's perfect. So I think about the mistakes my parents made and I'm like, phew, I didn't make those. And I know I made different ones. I yeah. know. <laughs> for, yeah. For me, it was less of a mistake. It was, so this is another thing. Uh, and there's a lot of people who have made a life for them that is better off than it was when they were kids. You know what I mean? They, they work hard. They get to a situation where, oh, I can, I can take my kids to, to play tennis. I can, you know, I can put them in a, we can go to Disney world. We can go to Disney world and have an awesome time. And, uh, so we have both worked very hard to get to that point and can easily say that like our parents didn't have the resources that we have, but also with that comes some stuff that's not great. Yeah. Um, you just have to acknowledge that, I guess. And, and, but to your point, we can do the best we can. You do the best you can and no one's going to be perfect. And if I, if I can leave parents with any message, it's that it's don't worry about making mistakes. That's the yeah. least of the things to worry about. Your job is you're going to make mistakes. Your kids are going to make mistakes. Your job is to teach your kids how to get past them. Yeah. 
so there sorry you want to go ahead well uh, you, you wrote about and um there's you, you've written about several things in your different books but one of them something i was intrigued by the botox yes brow. that's what i was gonna do oh that's what you're gonna do well no i've been like patiently waiting for all the important stuff because th- this to me was the I most was hoping, interesting thing i've i've seen in our notes yes so yeah. michelle i was hoping it was that you fully supported my botox appointments but it means something else when you write about it what is botox brow michelle Okay, so this is to me fascinating. And it's the one thing that parents say to me in all the years I've been doing this work, this was the biggest game changer in our lives, the biggest um, help in communicating with my child, especially around middle school when your kid stops communicating with you. Here's what it is. There was a very cool study done out of McLean Hospital, which is one of Harvard's teaching hospitals. They put adults through an MRI and they showed them pictures of people's faces. And they said, just looking at these faces, can you tell me what this person is feeling? And adults could do it 100% of the time. They could say that in their basic emotions, that person's scared or that person's happy. Uh, Because they were hooked up to an MRI, they saw that the adults were using the prefrontal cortex of Mm -hmm. their brain. Mm -hmm. They did the same experiment with teenagers, showed the same photos and said, just by looking at these people's faces, can you tell me how they feel? And the teenagers blew it up. They got it right only 50% of the time. And they saw that because the the teenage brain is undergoing so many changes, they weren't relying on the prefrontal cortex to read facial expressions. They were using the amygdala, which is the emotional center of the brain. Practically speaking, here's what that means. When your kid sees your face and you have a furrowed brow, they assume it's anger. Now, I make a furrowed brow when I am showing interest right? or when I'm focused or when I'm 49. Right. And, and there's also an entire population of people who have BRF and that's, that's a that's tough challenge as well. Yeah. I just look mad normally. I, I They're think like, I'm what's allowed, wrong with you? I'm like, this is just my face. I think yeah. I'm allowed to say what this is. You can bleep it out if you want to, Max. BRF is bitchy resting face and there's a great YouTube video about this. <laughs> Okay, so Michelle, men can Men can have it too. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so what happens is, and this happens all the time with uh, parents of tweens who are confounded, your kid comes home from school, you have that little bit of like a scrunched up forehead and you say, oh, hey, how did your math test go? And your kid is like, ah, I don't know why you're mad. We haven't even gotten the grades. And they, they storm off and you're like, I literally just asked a nice question. Why is my kid freaking out at me? If you did that same interaction with a totally neutral forehead. So I want parents to pretend they are celebrities on a late night talk show and they've been so overly Botoxed, they cannot move their forehead. You're going to feel like a Stepford parent or like a robot and you're going to think it's weird. Your kid is going to love it because they're not going to misinterpret your Oh, face. God. This I did not I, go the I, way I wanted it to. I, I definitely th- I thought want you were a forehead g- full of Botox is I what I want. I thought you were going to say that Botox makes them confused about their emotions. You're telling me that Botox actually helps because you're frozen oh, she's and gonna so, sell so much botox I, you can call it, it can be photox brow you don't actually have to get botox. You keep your forehead neutral just or neutral you can get botox i don't yeah. care um, I, I have had well, botox how, how much botox more. do we need do you want like lisa kudrow at the friends reunion or courtney cox at the friends oh, reunion <laughs> because courtney cox at the friend reunion was a lot lisa kudrow looked a little more natural I, may, maybe like in between i, I okay. i'm due for a i'm due for a yeah, anyway. I will tell you just as a, wor- a word of caution, and I on my Instagram, I show people how to do this correctly and incorrectly. When I talk to a big audience of parents, I see parents when I describe this tip 
go deer in the headlights wide-eyed big face listen we're gonna do it right now we're gonna do it right now and we're gonna take a screenshot of it and so you'll see this because but you're gonna tell us if we're doing this right or not i'm gonna describe it so i this how's this okay you're looking deer in the headlights so relax your forehead (laughs) okay like you just do not care that's it you don't that's good can Anne marie can you take a screenshot i just did okay kim are you good how's kim Kim's great. See? But it's the Kim, Botox. Okay, but I know. Kim, I need a fresher. It's I, been like a I, year. Babe, no. Can I tell you? Like, you normally don't look like that when the kids walk I in. I know. I know. I know. So, I'm just saying. And it's not that you're angry. It's just No, it's just my look. face. It's just yeah. like, I just normally look pissed off is my problem. Well, your kids will start to talk to you more and more and open up about more and more things the more neutral you look. Because think about it. If they're coming home from school and that middle school construction project's going on and they feel judged by everybody in their school all day long you're the one they're going to unleash on if they feel judged at the end of the day by you how do they feel when you have what my daughter has called droopy eye is that is that a pro- it's like this <laughs> don't pull them down anymore i know I think so it's just apparently, aging apparently just i have aging. something called droopy eye. um it's, okay so you you have your most recent book 14 talks by age 14 the essential conversations you need to have with your kids before they start high school so i mean this is you you are just nailing the timing here our daughter starts high school um next week she's been at tennis practice so she's getting a little on train to high school you have this middle school experience we should have talked to you several years ago obviously your book was on our kitchen counter the 14 talks before age 14 and my daughter held it up she's like didn't you kind of miss the deadline on this one i'm like we still have catch up you, you, you we can catch up you're still 14 what should we what do you want to tell parents about the conversations we should be having by this age so the first thing I want to say is that that's that's the title. But one of the things that has pleased me most since publishing the book is getting notes from people who said, this is amazing. I'm using it on my older teen or my spouse or my coworkers. So it could be for anyone. <laughs> so there's no deadline. Gotcha. You can okay. reading it regardless of the age. Um, the book is divided into 14 topics that are they are not all scary they're not all drugs and sex and like, ooh. Um, there are some really fun ones in there because I didn't want every conversation to be a warning or a bummer. I wanted you to have really good connection with your kid. Mm-hmm. So it's um, how to talk about everything from retaining your creativity, like we were talking about with screens before, um, to the hard stuff, like how do you talk about suicide or self-harm? It's there, it's a, a really wide range of topics. Do you um, do you talk about sex at all? And if so, can I tell you my story about that? So, I'd love to hear a sex story. All right, Go. so Kim, girls have like an event that happens in middle school that forces the sex talk. Well, I, it's an actual physical To be clear, I had always had the convert, like we'd have that conversation I, in cycles, right? Like we... Un- understood yeah but there's like a there's a moment where it's like okay we've got to talk about this guys it's just kind of like when are you going to have the talk and i realized um last year in fifth grade that like our school didn't do that talk so i had to do that talk in my when i grew up the school did the talk and my dad never said anything he's like all right don't get anybody pregnant like that's all he did so and you were going through puberty you're like you got someone pregnant yeah (laughs) look what you did exactly twice twice now i know um but 
so so uh pen charles uh it, it just so it was just so awkward he didn't want to talk about it. i was like how about this i'll be driving and i'll be facing the wheel and you can be behind me you can be looking at me we don't even have to have eye contact for this conversation he's like okay that sounds fine so i went through the as well as i could i was like a oh, man you know you've got a penis <laughs> okay. and uh it's you know okay, sometimes we don't need it to have it. size no we don't need to recreate the talk here okay are you worried that it's awkward. Okay, go ahead. Uh, that's the whole point. Okay. It's it is it is awkward. And at the end, he was like, "Okay, Dad, that was really uncomfortable." I was like, "If you ever have any questions," and of course, he hasn't had any questions because he's terrified about this. So what do I um what do I do? Okay. What do I <laughs> no, do? but he didn't. He say like, "Dad." He's like, "Dad, this is so awkward." Yes, twice. Even though even though I set up a situation where we weren't even looking at each other. Yeah. So I did the uh, I did the porn talk with my kid during a commercial break. I was like, look, we have about 90 seconds. I promise I won't make it last any more than that. I was prepped. I was like I have a few things I want to say to you. And I did it real quick. So hmm. um, I think that that's a great approach to acknowledge that it's going to be awkward yeah. to put a time limit on it. I think kind of the, the key things that you want to be communicating to your kid at this age around sex are that you are a safe person to ask. So acknowledging yeah. that it's awkward is great, but then also just having a, a level of breeziness and confidence about it. Like you're gonna use all the right words. You're not gonna be afraid to say certain things because what I think we're afraid of in this age is that all the answers exist on Google. Mm -hmm. And so if your kid goes there, they're gonna find videos and they're gonna find all kinds of things and, and, and it's gonna get dangerous pretty quickly. Yes. So you wanna say, I know that there are lots of ways you can find out information. I want you to know that I I want to be the main person who can give you this information. I'm comfortable with it. I know it might be a little bit awkward, but I'm going to tell you what's correct, and I'm going to make it as um, quick and easy as you uh, for you as possible. So that's one thing. Um, and then the other thing I think that most parents don't do, but it's key, and they don't do it because it's going to sound really awkward to you. Kids don't know at this age what is appropriate, again, other than to look around at their peers. So by the time they're entering middle school, some kids are starting to explore things sexually to, to varying degrees. Sometimes kids just have a crush. Sometimes they act on that physically. But as parents, we need to give our kids guidelines. We actually need to say like, hey, you're in seventh grade now. I know some kids are dating. I know some kids are doing more than that. This is what I think is appropriate at this age. Okay. And so that was that was my question. So you mentioned the porn conversation, and I know it's we have a laptops open in our house all the time. It's it's very accessible in a way it wasn't when we were children. When should people be having those conversations? Well, research shows that um, the f the most common age at which boys begin to search for pornography is 14, okay. but that means search for, meaning they are much more likely to be introduced to it at a younger age. Right. So my advice is um, by the time your kid is using a device, you say, listen, even as they're little, little kids, you might see photos on here if they're if they're in third grade um, of people without their clothes on. And what I want you to do if that happens is shut the computer off and come get me. You're not in trouble. I'm just gonna make sure that those don't come up on our computer. And as they get older, you adjust your language and you adjust what you're talking about. For me, the important talk by the time they're in middle school is acknowledging that if they do see it, it might feel good initially. Mm -hmm. 
but can lead to bad feelings down the road and and to talk about that and to talk about sort of the dangers around that and also not okay. shaming kids for having a physical reaction to something because you don't want shame to commingle with a sort of burgeoning sexual development uh, lola went to a summer camp she was 11 a few years ago but it was like a mixed age summer camp and it was um, at a college campus, it was like a tennis camp with a college program, and we were so excited. And she was offered at age eleven, like vape, jewel, jewel, jewel yeah. yeah. And so she thought they said, "Do you?" They're like, "Do you jewel or something?" She thought you said they said drool because she was eleven, and we hadn't had a conversation. She knew vaping, but she didn't know like the language around it, and neither do I, by the way. Um, and so we and we only heard about it through her cousin and so she thought she would was going to get in trouble because she was offered obviously they didn't do it um but i had no idea i needed to have that conversation so early i will tell you that um the study's a few years old but half a million kids reported having jeweled in the past 30 days who were in middle school Right. Um, it's super, super common. What? Uh, so what is that's just like smoking cigarettes, right? Like it's not necessarily it's a marijuana. Situation. It's a vape. But, but it's not, it, it could be used. Um, I think more advanced usage is putting in um, uh, other kinds of um, okay, like synthetic ingredients. or yeah, um, synthetic. Yes, but it, but initially it would be like um, a a smokeless, odorless nicotine nicotine tobacco kind of thing. Okay, and you know it can happen in class. It's it because right. it's smokeless. I mean. So anyway, it's tricky. I cover it in the book. You can get a lot of detail around how to talk about it in a way yeah. that won't make your kid feel like you're suspicious of them. So what are the, do you have any phrases, I mean, practical advice that people listening right now when they're done listening to this, they can like, they're going to get your book, of course, but like they can put into practice in conversations tonight, like phrases that invite connection or, or, or to that end, like what phrases and words scare a kid off when you're trying to open that you know, communication. Sure. So in the book for each specific topic, whether it's vape or sex or, you know, creativity, I'm going to give you very specific ones, but some general ones for all of your conversations, kids react best when you, um, when you ask questions that are curious and not judgmental. So things like, what's your plan for this? Or how can I support you in this are going to be much better received than like, when are you cleaning your room? I've asked you 10 times, right? <laughs> so that sort of thing goes better. Um, what doesn't work well is when we make ourselves the center of their story because they are at this phase developmentally where they're pulling apart and they're figuring out who they are as individuals. So when we talk a lot about our experiences, what happened to us, what our perception is, that doesn't go over well. And also making assumptions about how they feel or will feel. And I'm really guilty of doing this saying like, I think you're going to regret that in the future. If you don't get those forms in on time, I think you're really going to regret it. Kids hate that. I mean, any of us kind of hate it. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are just some sort of generalized uh, ways to start Perfect. and not start. Okay. So I'm going to say the name of your book again. It's 14 Talks by Age 14 by Michelle Eichard. It's spelled Jean-Luc Picard without the P. Um, if you're a Star Wars nerd, if not, it's I-C-A-R-D. I don't know if you got that reference, Michelle, but as it's... Oh, I get it. I said, I said Star Wars. I meant Star Trek. Sorry. Oh my gosh. The Trekkies um, are going to come after well, you. Well, no, no. I was just talking fast. Star Trek. Relax. Everyone where, slow your roll. Everybody, where yeah. else can people find you? Because I'm sure people are going to want to hear more information. Uh, a few places. So I'm having a lot of fun on Instagram right now. That's mm -hmm. just my name, Michelle Eichard. 
Um, I've got a website, same thing, michelleicher.com. I have a, an online course you can find on the website that is in tandem with the book. So if you've read the chapters and you're like, I totally agree with the philosophy, I still don't know how to get this one started. It's a course you do with your kid. Nice. And it's, it's meant to be fun. So all those spots. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. Um, and these are really useful tips, I think. The cliff notes in my head are, my favorites were the construction project, I think was really good. Mm-hmm. I think making sure you don't make it about yourself, that last piece of advice was fantastic. Um, I, I, we'll, we'll, we'll also have an encompassing like sort of blog with this that'll give some of those cliff notes, but this, this is all really useful. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And I think you are right. There's no timeline for this. Yeah. If you want to look into it. Thank you for this. And now that I have your email address, I will be just peppering just with individual constant, questions about our personal kid. therapy. Yeah. That's what I'm just signed I'm up for. I'm here for you. So hit me up. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. 